is Steve. And this is Ryan. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, wow, I'm out of breath, <laughs> reviewing podcasts. You can do it, Steve. I believe in you. Turn the page. <laughs> Turn the page. Welcome to episode seven, everybody. Anything new going on, Steve? Uh... No, man, still recovering from that youth retreat. Oh, man, it's been two weeks. Yeah, um. yeah, it's rough. <laughs> what the audience doesn't know is that we record two episodes at a time. Hey, 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 <laughs> now the magic is gone. Oh, there's there was no magic to begin with. <laughs> All right, uh, you got anything new? I don't have anything new. No, you suck. Not in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Should hey, we go? Should hey, we go straight into ads? Oh, you know what? I'm going to throw this out there. Throw it um, out there. This was something that we talked about before. You know, Ryan and I conceptualized this podcast for a really long time. Like, yeah, like we kind of threw this idea back and forth for a while, and uh, and then Ryan's wife got pregnant, and so it was basically like, if we're going to do this, we need to start it now and see yeah. where it gets in you know six months. And then decide if we're going to keep doing See it. See if the baby kills it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> uh, so anyway, one of the ideas that we had that we currently aren't in a position to do it. And I feel like I'm I'm going into, I feel like I'm going into like a campaign, uh, but I'm not, but I'm not because there's only like 65 people listening to this. There's more than that. Don't we have like 69 subscribers? What? 69, 65. 69, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wild stallions all right um so anyway so this idea that we had though that that we really want to do at some point uh be, and i just think it would be rad is to put up a craigslist ad that says i have three hundred dollars what do you want to sell me oh yeah or like i have some amount of money uh-huh. what do you want to sell me and just see what kind of like crazy offers we get yeah sure and like see what and you know if we see something that's like a really great deal especially if it's something that like you know, we think we can actually flip and like buy it for three hundred dollars and sell it for five hundred dollars. Like, right? We'll do it, and it'll be a really actually it would end up being a really cool podcast. Uh, but we're not there right now. So. No, we're not there. We don't have a budget. So we should uh, eventually we might have a budget, but it's still going to come out of our pocket. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so we'll, I, we'll do cool stuff like that in the future. We've been talking about going around to different guitar events that go on. Uh, there's something that goes on at the the local. Uh, VFE, the VFW, VFW, the local VFW hall where they do like a, a gear swap every Sunday yeah. or something yeah. like that. We should try to go to the uh, Del Mar Fair thing this year, maybe. The, you the, think that's the, happening? Is it not happening anymore? I don't know. I haven't checked up on it in I always years. see the billboards like two weeks after it happens. Yeah. Like, what is it? Like, Guitars of the West or something? Yeah, like that? yeah. Something it's basically like that. a gun show with guitars instead. Yeah. I went there. I actually, the only time I've been there, I went with you. Yeah. And I got a couple uh, good deals on some pickups, and yeah. I, I saw a guy trying to sell a Les Paul for a quarter of a million dollars. I think it would be fun to uh, go around to things like that and and borrow some kind of uh, handheld mic recorder and talk to people and do yeah. do an episode out on the Dude, floor. Dude, you have an iPhone. I have an iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, it's you can do great recordings with iPhones these days. Yeah. Um, we should do stuff like that. I'm I'm hoping that at some point we can get into NAM. Yeah. Uh, the National I don't know what it stands for. Association of Music Makers? Music Merchants. Music is, Merchants is what right. I think it is. No, that sounds right. But it's a it that always looks like something that I wanted to go to. That's where everyone goes and yeah. it's a big conference up in LA. I think they do it in Nashville too. 
but we would go yeah, to I think the winter one or no the summer one I think is some is in Nashville yeah the winter one is in, in LA and it, it would be fun for us to go up there and, and hang out and talk to people uh, we know people who go to it yeah uh, well uh, we've we've kind of gone on a, on a little tear here That's let's okay. let's dive straight into ads Woo! are you ready for us to go into ads producer Gary Gary he's shrugging and uh, I don't think he's paying attention thanks yeah. Gary <laughs> first ad Harmony Vintage electric guitar not vintage what do you, where's the line of vintage, Steve? Oh, that's a whole other topic for another podcast. This is from the 70s or early 80s. I would guess early 80s on this thing. I would too. Yeah, I would say 82, 83, something like that. It's. I'm going to describe it to you. Looks like a Kiss guitar. Yeah, it's a, it is an Explorer-style shape. It has a black body with a red stripe going around the edge of it so you get kind of like this night rider aesthetic you know that whole 80s black with red pinstripe sort of look that is this it has got uh the it's got the gibson explorer headstock shape which is neat but then it's got a strat bridge on it so you could do strat uh tremolo work on it it's got three pickups in it three humbucker pickups that are, that are covered to look like they're EMGs. So they're probably not they're probably not active pickups at all. Here's what I want to do with this guitar. Tell so me what you I want to do. I want to running on the knife 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 rider. Knight rider. <laughs> wow. His um, name is Michael Knight. Michael Knight. Not Michael <laughs> not Michael Knife. No. Um is the car's wa- name is Kit. I want to install a switch <laughs> like the like the Joker <laughs> guitar. <laughs> Is that how the song went? Yeah. Uh, are you sure? Absolutely sure. Um, I had a Knight Rider big wheel tricycle. Oh, I nice. know how the song went. So so what I want is along the lines of the Joker guitar we talked about in the last episode is I want a... Um, you want a little switch on there? I want a little switch that has principal... Instead of actual Kit talking, I want it to be Principal Feeney. Oh, my gosh. Boy Meets World. It's, <laughs> it's the same guy, but I want him to say some, like, Principal Feeney stuff. Right, right. Instead of... And pe- so you could be like, hey, listen to... Kit. Listen to my Kit guitar. Yeah. And he says something that yeah. completely... Yeah. was all like, yeah. oh, you're not getting very good grades. Yeah. And you'd be like, it's the same voice actor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, would, it would be... It would make sense because this is yeah. an, kind of an awesome off-brand uh explorer guitar right and with an off-brand <laughs> vocal <laughs> sort of yeah. thing shout out to yeah. william daniels but this thing has got all kinds of knobs and switches is that the name of the actor i think so you know the name of the actor i hope i got that oh right my gosh we have so, iphones that's so nerdy oh i used to gosh. watch I, I never watched that show when it was actually on boy meets world yeah but as a teenager i watched like it in like heaping tons of syndication okay i watched um, like the first two seasons when he was a baby oh yeah and it you know boy meets world was an experiment not unlike the truman show where you basically watch uh fred savage's little brother grow up on yeah, tv william daniels william daniels i can't and you know they're making a new one girl meets world that's I, that's I, actually I, uh that's actually like semi-related aren't anyway. Okay. Well, let's not talk about Boy Meets World because I don't care. Like I said, I watched two seasons and then I stopped. Uh, this guitar is really cool. Then the coolest feature is that it's $65. 
You yeah. get a guitar with three pickups in it, all kinds of knobs, Knight Rider pinstriping, it's a wild explorer shape, uh, it's got a tremolo on there, $65. You could probably part this thing out and make 100 bucks For sure. Uh, but you shouldn't part it out. You should keep it together. It's beautiful. And you should form some kind of hair metal band. Some kind of tribute to like poison or or a rat or something like that. You could you could start a striper band. There we go. I told you that's how it went. I'll go listen back to the recording. I'm probably way off. All right, that's enough. That's enough of that. I think his okay, name is Michael was, Knight. That was nine seconds. Is that enough to get us sued by the Knight Rider? Gosh, people? I hope so. I want, I want to have that in the story of my life. And then I was sued by David Hasselhoff. Hey, you know what? Think about how many <laughs> listeners we would get when the Yahoo headline is oh, yeah. Knight Rider creators sue San Diego podcast. Podcasters sued by David <laughs> Hasselhoff and the guy from Boy Meets World. <laughs> $1, one million dollars per second of song oh, played. Nine million dollars is what we're gonna get sued I for. I have no idea. Oh my gosh. I'll pay him nine bucks. We're one dollar per minute. We're going to debtor's prison. <laughs> Do they still have that? No, of course they don't have that. It's just called regular prison. Oh okay. <laughs> okay, so let's Let's move on. I think we've said everything we can say about that guitar. It's yes. just cool. For $65, how could you get cooler than that? That is cool. I mean, it's not, you know, Harmony, they're not known as being great guitars. This is a stage guitar. Yeah, I don't need this guitar, but if I lived within 10 miles of where this guitar was, I would have gotten it. On principle. Yeah. It's, up, uh, it's, it's like 30 miles away from us, 25 yeah, it's like miles. Yeah, on the outskirts of town. Which, yeah. So it's funny. So just so you guys... Uh, listening to this understand uh a lot of people in non i don't want i almost want to say non-west coast cities i feel like this is almost a west coast specific thing okay we don't like to drive very far yeah so well we 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 have a very different idea of what a far drive is yeah so like a 30 minute drive so let me back this up so i grew up in south county ryan grew up in basically the middle of the county straight in the middle so when we are in in a band together we would have shows like closer to where i lived that was like maybe a 30 minute drive from where we yeah. are right now recording from brought to you live from ryan's spare room <laughs> um and ryan would just complain about oh we're doing another show at the skate park oh, my oh gosh. it's so far away I, you know i before i was uh 20 years old i had never been that far south in san diego i don't know What's down there? I don't know if dragons live down there. I don't know. Uh, there be dragons. I don't know if it's a different government. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I. I was scared, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, there are just certain areas that even if they're not really that far, you feel like it's sure. far, and there aren't really great diagonal transportation. No. So, in order to get to where that guitar was, it, it just. It felt mentally tiring. And I, I know people who live in the Midwest that drive like two hours to do Craigslist deals. Oh, totally. Like they live like two hours outside of Chicago and they drive into Chicago to make deals. And I'm just like, that would be like us driving to freaking Riverside yeah. to make a deal. And that's just completely insane to me. Well, I think for the right piece of gear, you do that. But, yeah. but in the price points that we do things on Craigslist, that doesn't make any sense. We're buying yeah. we're buying stuff that's in the couple hundred dollars and we're not we're you know we would save our time and and spend some more money and just eBay something yeah if we yeah. were going to drive that far I did one time drive all the way up to Orange County which is about an hour and fifteen minutes away right. from me 
but that was for a very specific sort of thing uh, that turned out pretty good. Uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about another ad. Yes. So there's there's a trend that happens sometimes where certain pedals from certain manufacturers, when they get old, they start to become very valuable in people's eyes. Like the Klon. Like the Klon. The we talked about that last episode. There's a pedal from Boss that has been doing that lately. I think in the last two years I've been seeing people... Oh, it's been doing it for a while. You've just been... I haven't been paying you've attention. You've been delay... I'm, I'm delay ignorant. You Like, when did you get your first delay? Well, I've always had some kind of delay around, but I've never been a heavy delay yeah, user. So, yeah, no, the DM2... So we're talking about the Boss DM2. It's an analog delay. It's 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 uh, from the 80s, early yeah, 80s, like 81. Like the Boss... Year of my birth. Analog delay deal. Right. Um, and people get really excited about those about these, and they, they're going in the 300s right now. Yes. It's not unusual to see one in the 300s, but there's one in San Diego, in Chula Vista, actually, Steve's hometown... Yep, uh, and it's going for two fifty, which would be a great deal. But there's a problem with this pedal, Steve. What is it? Uh, what this is pedal it? is vulgar. Ooh. Oh, this pedal has dirty words scratched into it, and uh, you know, the, the, I think I I don't know who is buying these, but I know that it's popular in the praise and worship set. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if anyone who plays on a church would feel comfortable. Paying two hundred fifty dollars for a pedal, what does it say? No can, matter can how valuable it, it is, I'm you know, you know Steve. I'm not the swearing type. You know, I say some, I am. I swear, say plenty of dirty things. I, there's a couple <laughs> words that are off limits to me. So if you want to say them, I'll so, let you. So say So I'm them. not going to say this, but let's just say that one of the words starts with an F. It ends with an ucking. And ends with an ucking. One of the words is um, something that. Uh, Sean Connery used to describe. I just read, read the other words. Uh, so it's effing horse slut. Yeah. Um, Not horse. Whore. Whore. I mean, it, 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 someone really had it out for this pedal. Yes. Like they had some strong emotions when they were playing this pedal. And they were inspired to scratch out a bunch of letters in a combination yeah. that are offensive. Let's count the letters. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve... <laughs> 14 letters. They committed wow. 14 letters uh, scratched in with what probably with a key or a knife or, or something into this pedal. They wanted to make a statement. They probably didn't know that it was going to be worth anything someday. You know what I really want this to be about? Does it say what like why it says that on there? Is there anything in the description? Here, I'll just read the description. For sale, DM2, perfect working condition. Only issue is that it has some profanity on the chassis. As you can see on the picture, this pedal has the particularly, this is worded weird, this pedal has the uh, the two labels on the back, the black and the green, you can see in the picture too. Neither affects the sound or functionality of the pedal. So he's he's saying that it has certain markings that, that make it valuable. I don't even know if the labels matter. It's I think with the DM2, it's all about the chip. Yeah, it's about and a certain the, chip. And the difference in the chips is like $100 on eBay, and there's a lot of discussion about whether or not you can even hear the difference between the chips. Sure. Um, well, that's, that's always going to be the debate th- with that anything. Being, that being said, what I really want this to be is um, a uh, situation where a guitar player of some sort mm-hmm. 
basically has a girlfriend. Okay. And he, oh. and, he and he cheats on her, and sure. she goes all Carrie Underwood before he cheats up in this. She knows that he's got this pedal that he won't stop talking about. Yeah, and he she, got this pedal. I, it's I, worth so much money. I want to see. I want to see the rest of this guy's gear. I really want over the next few weeks, <laughs> like a whole series of engraved vulgarity oh instruments to show up on Craigslist. Yeah. She she knows that he doesn't care about his car. It's, yeah. it's that pedal on his it's pedal that board. Pedal. That's the thing he can't stop talking about. And uh, <laughs> he's a bad dude and she's looking to prove it and take a stab at him. Yeah, it's just it's just weird and what it probably really is is it's some kid who was in a punk band yeah. with a delay to make weird crazy sounds or whatever and just had no idea what he had uh-huh. or maybe that was engraved uh 30 years ago before they were worth anything yeah or 10 years ago before they were worth that much maybe they were still worth a lot you think they ago. were yeah i have not i was not i think they had broken in on this I think world of broken 200 10 years ago at least wow um Anyway, so how much uh, this guy is asking? He's asking two fifty. I don't know what this actually does to the value. I've been seeing this ad for a week or two. Yeah, it keeps popping up. Uh, he might have to hold on to it for a while because, like I said, I think the people who really are spending big money on delays these days are usually church people. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I know people who are not church people who are musicians, and they're not spending that kind of money on delays. The whole church. Get music pedal collection world is is interesting because you have a lot of hobbyists uh-huh. that basically hobbyists. Well, they only play at church. That only play at church, and so they have like a full time regular job, uh-huh. um, or they're or they have a full time regular job where they can afford to like just invest in a hobby, just like yeah. a car guy would like buy a, a bunch of chrome crap for his car because right whatever um or they're worship leaders who just write it off on their taxes yeah a lot of of churches have have budgets and stuff for for stuff like this yeah so um well not stuff like this not stuff with obscenity scratched into it i you know so so this is a whole other topic um that comes up every once in a while uh for example zvex has a pedal called the super hard on Uh uh-huh and a lot of people are uncomfortable with the idea of a pedal called the Super Hard On, which is a reference supposedly to genitalia. Yeah. Um, uh, what about the having the, having that on a pedal board? Sure. What about the the Dunlop pedals uh, way huge series? The way huge stuff. They've got yeah. the the swollen pickle, the swollen pickle, the aquapus, aquapus, and superpus. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a company that makes a power supply. Is this Four the, pedals. the Keox, or is this a different one? Uh, it's called Pussy Power. Oh, and yeah. uh, it's got a it's got quite a picture on it. Uh, there's <laughs> I don't think I've seen this. Look, uh, look it up or don't look it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I know there's a pedal company. Or the they're amp, supposed to be pretty good. There's an amp company that sells like a fourteen hundred dollar amp or yeah. something that's called like mfing something like the Immer, <laughs> the mother effer amp or something right i don't, I don't remember there's exactly. there's a running thing in guitar manufacturing culture of of pedals and equipment that have scandal scandalous names yeah yeah it's uh, bizarre to me but there the, the one that's always sticks out in my mind is the wang caster that's that's to me is is the ultimate it's, there's only one of those there's though. two there's two the guy made a second one he made the wingcaster two and the oh. balls hang a little lower oh gosh 
<laughs> a guy Is that because it came a, a, like it was a little older. Guitar, no, I think or? he just had more wood to work with. Oh. Rimshot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, a guy I can't remember if he's either a woodworker or a luthier or some combination of the two. Years and years ago, this is I first saw this back when I was a teenager on the early days of the internet. He took a, a Stratocaster and he carved the body to basically look like the scrote. And he uh, he added some wood to the headstock of a of a guitar and made it look like the head of a of a wiener basically, yeah. uh, of a ding dong. I thought that thing was all custom. I didn't even think it's, it was it was a Fender. No, I think he, he there there regardless, was a site about the build okay. of it. And he, I've never read the. History he was of it. he like carved down a guitar and added wood in places. And there's a, he made a custom pick guard for it that's got pubes on it, like not actual hair, but like he, right. he's engraved curly little shapes all over the place. <laughs> The thing is a work of art, and it's just the biggest joke in the world. Yeah. yeah. It is, you know, it is it is hitting all the bases. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. $250, I don't know if the Ethan Horse Slut uh, DM2 is going to sell for that. It's all about the chip. It's all about the chip. He doesn't say what the chip is. Yeah. That could be the thing keeping it from going... Of course, someone could always write them and ask them what the chip is. Yeah, I think if this is the Morks, whatever, I don't remember which one is the more expensive chip. Um, but if it's the more expensive chip, I, which the more expensive chip goes for like three to three fifty. Yeah, well, I've got I have an ad right here for up in Santa Monica uh, for one that doesn't have obscenity scratched in Ooh. it. I know that's a premium feature these days. Uh, <laughs> I'll read the description after I burp. Nice. <laughs> there we go. It's turning into a man cast over here. Wow. I know. It's super rude, guys. Great. Sorry I went from talking about dick-shaped guitars to burping. This is this is uncharacteristic for us. Is that a downward us. spiral or is this an upward I think we're pretty much just flatlined at the bottom at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the description for the ad. This is the original made in Japan in October 1981 with the MN3005 delay chip and the MN3101 clock driver. This is the analog delay everyone wants. The thing for fattening solos. Owned by a pro with some miles for sure. It works perfectly and it's all original. Uh, so that's what it sounds like when you read the description of a Boss DM2 that is where a guy is asking $325 for it and it's probably going to sell. Yeah, and that's a legit ad. I think the 005, the, the 3005 is the uh-huh. the more valuable chip. The MN3205 is the less valuable one. And like I said, like it's one of those things where there's questions about whether or not there's actually any difference. Right, if it matters uh, at all. And apparently there was like some kind of transitional period where I don't know. The DM2 is I mean it, it's one of those things where when I was new, when I was more interested in them, when they, uh-huh. were, when they were cheaper, I didn't have the money for them. And now that they're more expensive, I still don't have the money for of them. Of course not. <laughs> uh, so that's well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay that for a pedal. I might for the right, like I'm really, I've been really interested in like harmonic stuff. So okay. like something like the pog, Sure. It's kind of interesting. Or for like me. a super specialized pedal. Yeah. I mean, there's pedals out there that can, I'm sure can get really close to that. You can have someone build. Oh, yeah. Build yeah, you can something similar the to DM2. that. There's probably a, you know, if I was really serious about trying to do a DM2, I'd probably look at Mad Bean and okay. build my own. Yeah, totally. Um, But I'm not. Right. Uh, and there's people who want to have the 
you know, the candy on their pedal yeah. board. Like, oh, yeah, and there's a lot. I've of got my just, DM two there next to my original Klon. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of like just uh, was it Pete Cornish pedals are super expensive, and uh-huh. there's a bunch of them, and I think the cheapest one is like three hundred bucks. Right. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's that's the DM two. That's that ad. Uh, we've got one more ad before we get into topics. topics. This ad is for. I'll just read it out loud. The original Charvel Surfcaster 12-string guitar, very rare. Uh, $1,700 in West Hollywood. You won't see a guitar like this again. An original original early 90s Charvel Surfcaster 12-string. The guitar is in prime condition with the original case. A real collector's item. And I, I printed this out because I remember the days, well, not for the 12-string, but the Charvel Surfcasters, they're neat. They have a they have a neat look. They have lipstick pickups. They have this really like exaggerated offset body, uh, made by Jackson Charvel. Uh, it's got shark fin inlays on the neck. It's probably really fast neck. You know, they're Jackson and Charvel are known for making shredder guitars. But when I was a kid, these guitars were all over. Uh, you could pick them up in the the low hundreds, three hundred to five hundred sort of range. Yeah, I remember. Being able to find these on Craigslist, yeah, ten years ago or so for for like under five hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, and some something about in the last couple of years, all of a sudden they've become collectors' items, and it's kind of kind of mystifies me because I've played a few of them. They didn't play that great, really. I was not impressed by them i'm you know with the name like a surfcaster i'm in a surf band i've always been into instrumental surf rock you think that these would resonate with me uh to me they always felt really like uncomfortable and the the lipstick pickups actually don't really work that well for surf rock Uh, depending on what you're doing you need something with more of a mid hump to it are you aware? Did they reissue these at some point? There have been a couple attempts to, in different art incarnations. Okay. There's there's a company out there. I forget the name of them that are making right copies of them because apparently there's that much of a demand for them now. I guess. But it's so weird to me. This guitar that I don't think of as being that great, and it's going up in value like crazy fast. And I think it's just because of how it looks and maybe the amount of them that were made. Yeah, I don't know. 1750 so I, I did a little eBay backlogging uh-huh. on it. 1750 is way over. The, like, it's over, but it's still, over. what's the norm? Like, uh, like maybe... It's still in the thousands. Yeah, it's. I think the cheapest one I saw, I, I don't remember exactly, it was either 900 or 999 Right. But both of those are way more than I would expect. I what think was the, like the mid that you're the, saying? I guess the mid was probably... A, Eleven fifty to twelve. Yeah, that sounds like right to me. And that just, you know, that seems crazy to me. It is, especially for. I mean, these aren't. These aren't top of the line instruments in playability. I wonder if there's just some band out there that's hot that we don't listen to or that we don't know the gear of that's yeah. playing these. That's is this like the, jacking the value up? Is this like the beginning of baby boomers? starting to jack up the prices on things that they remember from their youth. Oh. <laughs> Not baby boomers. I mean Gen Xers. Gen Xers. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah you know, I don't know because the whole 
Because it's a 90s guitar. Because the whole Gen X thing is supposed to be like, oh, materialism, whatever. Yeah, they don't care enough to buy collectible stuff. Yeah, so I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand this. Maybe someone can write in and tell us why they love these things and why they would pay so much for them. It's, yeah. it's neat that this one is a 12-string. The other, I mean, tw- I think 12 strings and lipstick pickups go really cool yeah, together. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of uh, it's a it, it's got a and they have a they have it. a semi semi hollow body with a, a chamber in it, mm-hmm. so they're going to be jangly and they're going to have like a kind of a vintagey sound, but they just don't play that great to me. Right now, the guitar that I've always been interested in that's kind of along the similar lines is the Ibanez Tallman. The Tallmans are the, cool. The original Tallmans with the with lipstick the, pickups. Are, and with be, the, the big lower horn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not the like weird acoustic things yeah. they made later. Um, but they had either like a, a, I think it was like two lipsticks and a humbucker a lot uh-huh. of the time. No, I think they were uh, HSH. So Oh, was it? Uh, well, there's a lot of different variations. Yeah. yeah, they made a few different ones. I just always thought they looked really classy. Uh-huh. And it was interesting to see Ibanez make something. Or put something out that had like just a very classic look, and they were kind of an original look. There's yeah. certain elements of them that hint at other guitars, but for the most part, it's an original guitar. The original yeah. headstock shape that doesn't look like a Fender or Gibson. It's distinctly Ibanez. Uh, it's got a little bit of a jack plate, like hinting at a Telecaster thing, but not really. Right. Like it's got this neat jack plate where it's got. Uh, the jack, and then it's got a space for one knob on it. Yeah, they were just really uh, and it's cla- it, like I said, they're, yeah, they're classy. classy instruments. A lot of them had really neat uh, moto pick guards, mother toilet seat, uh, cool hardware on them. They those were the go to for Devo for a long time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Devo uh, had a deal with Ibanez, and they were playing Talmans for a while. Hmm. If you can get one of the older ones, they're really cool. I I watched one on Craigslist years and years ago that was this ivory white with a white moto and all gold hardware. And I should have picked that thing up. I kick myself every now and then for not picking it up. So I'm looking at pictures of them. And the one that I actually wanted was the one without the exaggerated lower horn. Oh, you like the, the other with, one? With the three lipstick pickups. Okay. That was the one that I wanted. I like the one with the lower horn. Uh, but I could go either way. I mean, both of them have, like I said, like a, they have this kind of classy, like, yeah. 60s. It's Ivan as doing something Fendery without doing a Super Strat. Right. It, it, it looks like something Fender could have done but didn't. You know what it looks like? Is it looks like something Reverend is doing now. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of just got that. It like, does have the Reverend shape. It's like this is this is a new guitar, but it's it's definitely paying homage to to a classic. Uh-huh. Look. Oh, definitely. It definitely tries to nail these kind of like 60s and 50s guitar things. But I think it improves on a bunch of them. Yeah. Ivan has really, I think, knocked it out of the park with the uh the first couple runs of the tallman for sure all right so um let's talk about topics we've got we're gonna try to bust out three topics three topics questions triumvirate questions Uh, from uh from uh podcast fans on the group if you are not on the facebook group uh stop what you are doing except for listening to this podcast keep listening (laughs) to this podcast stop the other stuff you're doing pull over to the side of the road over the side of the road pull up uh the Facebook group on your phone and and ask to join it and we will approve you within the minute. A lot unless of them are we're, within the minute. Unless we're asleep. Yeah, if you do it on the weekend, it might take longer. But during the week, especially during work hours, yeah. you 
You, it's I just know that every time I get a notice, I'm like, oh boy, so, <laughs> someone wants to join our group. And I go to, to add the person and you've already done it. No, I was actually going to say the same thing. It's like a lot of times if I get a thing and it shows up on my thing, I'm like, oh, so-and-so asked to join the group uh-huh. six minutes ago and I click on it. It's already gone. Yeah. Someone um, was, someone was saying that they noticed that, uh, uh, that it's an open group, which means that if you comment on it, that. That people, your friends and family, can see what you say. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's an issue. You know what? If if it gets big enough that it becomes an issue, we'll change it. Yeah, I mean, no one's saying anything but, controversial there, right? Yeah, and at the at the moment, I mean, is there any benefit or or detriment to us if we make it open or closed? No. Uh well, I think if it's open, like people are probably more likely to just randomly check it out. This is what I would say is is if there is a point in the future where we have so like traffic is so frequent uh-huh that it we think it might be legitimately like in like crazy sure then maybe we'll think about closing it but at this point i mean honestly the traffic in the group is is at you know seven episodes in six this is the seventh episode this so is six, seven six episodes in the traffic is already like way more than i expected yeah no people but, love us but we're I the best. Steve. I think it's re- yeah. We're the best at what we do. Yeah, and we might be the only ones that do it. <laughs> That's a song from a band Steve and I were in. Together. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so the first topic. Wow. We were. You know what we need is a clock. Like okay. A clock where we can actually see like a count, like a like a like a clock for that they use for like basketball games to see how many people are no to see how freaking long we've been talking i have a clock right in front of me okay well i can't see 34 minutes and 20 seconds steve okay that's how how deep we are here we go we're halfway through it (laughs) that's not a lot of time to cover three topics we can cover three topics we're Uh, gonna knock each one out of the park is from cody thompson and he wants us to talk about tone woods Tonewoods. Um, General so, question. What so, do you think about them? Yeah, so here are the Tonewoods that I own. Um, I have a Strat that I think is an Alder body. Okay. Uh, I have a Telecaster that is just heavy, and I don't know what it's made out of. <laughs> I have an Epiphone Les Paul that's probably made out of crap. Uh, that's probably um, plywood. I have no idea. Yep. Um, I have a Jag stain that's made out of basswood oh. or basswood or whatever. I always um, thought it was basswood. I have no idea because I've heard people say basswood before, though. It might be basswood because that's what it's going to be called in the general wood community, right? Really? I, yeah, oh. it's a real tree. Okay. Um, I have a the general wood community. The general, like you know, lumberjacks, <laughs> Lumber, lumberjacks, <laughs> carpenters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know the wood community. <laughs> uh, I got an acoustic that's uh, mahogany back and top, uh, mahogany, mahogany <laughs> back, spruce top. Man, we can't talk uh, right. I've got a. I think one of my bases is alder, and the other one is either mahogany or bass slash basswood. I really have no idea. You know a lot more about your guitars than um, I know about mine. I think that covers all of my guitars. Let me see if I can even come close to what you just did. Uh, my Strat is a Mexican Strat, so it's probably made out of alder. I think alder poplar. I've got uh, I've got a guitar that's red. There's no brand. That's made out of plywood. You can see the paint rubbing off on the side. And you can see the layers of wood. So that's mostly... Uh, uh, a few bits of wooden and a lot of glue. 
the hamer, I have no idea. It's I'm, mahogany back maple probably, top. Probably. But, but who knows how thick the maple top is. Uh, that base I have up there is probably made out of the cheapest stuff you can probably find. Probably like agathis. Uh, or it might be basswood. I know that I know that the explorer I have is mahogany. Right. Oh yeah. I don't know. Is. I don't know what the Duosonic reissue is made out of. Yeah, probably poplar. Uh, my Telecaster has an American body on it. So what would that be made out of? Alder or ash, depending on. Sure. Probably well, alder. It doesn't matter what our stuff is made out of. What matters is what we think about tone woods. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. So what? Here's what I'm going to say. I don't think it matters that much. I think you got to find. So I think there are situations where it does matter. But the part of the issue with trying to compare tone woods is that so until you start, you know, oh, until you have like a mahogany strat or there's some weird stuff that do, do make variation or does make variations. Like sure. in the, the early 80s, they were making like walnut strats. Yeah. Um, and when they do weird stuff like that, you know, it makes some difference. I've heard there are differences between like ash and alder for strats. But so much of what makes a Strat a Strat or is single coil pickups trim. Yeah. You know, people try to say, oh, the mahogany body and the maple cap give the Les Paul like its signature tone. And oh, I and, think and it that, get... that might be true. Yeah. Um, but my problem is that is that they try to say, oh, well, the mahogany body and the maple cap is what gives a Les Paul a beefier tone than a Strat. I'm like, no, the fact that a Les Paul weighs 12 freaking pounds. Right, and it doesn't have has, a bunch of chambers yeah, in the body. It has humbuckers and, and it has a different tail. And it has a different scale. Yeah, like there's so many different things going on yeah. that it's hard to compare tone woods on like major market instruments. Yeah. Uh, where you can compare it is, is acoustic guitars. There, oh, there are legitimate It makes a big di- Woods make a big difference in acoustic instruments in general yeah and that's because the wood itself is producing the sound it is the surface that is being vibrated to produce a sound my my personal theory about electric guitars it's not the wood vibrating that's producing the sound it is the metal strings over a magnetic pickup that's yeah. producing the sound and the body just holds those things in place uh technically does a different wood resonate the body a little differently and then make it sound different? Probably if you're doing like micro measurements and stuff like that. I think the biggest thing that wood changes in a guitar is, uh, I think it can affect sustain, which is different than tone. It's different than the sound. It's how long the note rings. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is it, changes the way the guitar feels and if a guitar feels different to you you're going to play it differently than a guitar that feels better or worse sure it's gonna if it feels lighter or heavier or it's gonna be uh feel resonant like some some guitars the the wood like you can feel it vibrating through the guitar into your chest because the wood is so light and resonant other guitars it's just a brick around your neck right and, and you feel like the strings just sit there and sustain forever. And it really comes down to personal preference as far as feel goes. Yeah. The thing that really, in my opinion, changes the sound is how you play, like your playing style, and the pickups. And then what you're running through. I think the amp is 90% of the sound. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, I, I and think, you know, whatever pedals and stuff you're I using. I think Tonewood can be a thing, so I'm going to disagree with you a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. Um, There's no right answer to this. This, no, is, this it, is opinion this central. This is like half 
psychosomatic, like it's all in your head. Yeah. This is half real and and that's a hundred percent. So that's one hundred percent. And any other thing that is a percent that who knows what that is. I've always heard that like one of the failures of the the quote lawsuit era Japanese Les Paul knockoffs Uh was that they used maple necks uh, set into mahogany bodies instead of mahogany necks set into mahogany bodies and supposedly that makes that give gave them more of like a trebly bite right Um, so I think there there are certain things but then again is that a trebly bite because because of maple specifically or because your maple is a dense wood whereas mahogany isn't mahogany is right is a it's heavy porous. wood, but it's it's more porous. It's not dense. Maple, you know, talking about the density of maple, there are picture. There's a picture from the '50s that every once in a while I come across it, and it's ingrained in my brain uh-huh. of a guy uh, who takes a Telecaster neck and puts it between two chairs and then stands in the middle of it. Yeah, trying basically. They when Fender first made the Telecasters the 50s telecasters with the maple neck he was like what do we need a truss rod for this know, wood right? is so hard and so dense that well, it, need the, it's not going to bend you need the truss rod to make adjustments yeah but, but his a claim, maple a maple neck by itself it will hold yeah, yeah the his weight claim of the was that without a truss rod the neck wouldn't would not warp that was his well, his working theory uh of course that's we, probably wrong yeah yeah who knows <laughs> it's, it's great advertising yeah but the, if you're but trying to sell this, maple this guy standing on it and like people freak out but it's all gibson owners that freak out because yeah you know oh, re- don't do that on your gibson yeah but i mean you know there's a reason why why besides the fact that the guitars are modular uh-huh. that you see these guys that take a stratocaster these punk bands smash it glue it back together and play yeah. it the next night yeah, that's that was a big thing for, so, for Nirvana. Yeah. Is uh Kurt would smash his guitar every night and his guitar tech would put it back together and uh, that's why he played a lot of guitars with a lot of random parts in it. <laughs> is because every night he would scrap up whatever existing pieces were around and put them into the next guitar. They would like there was a pawn shop tour with that band. They would go to pawn shops and he would just buy whatever yeah. looked cool so, and slap a humbucker in it and that was a nirvana guitar yeah so i think definitely the more your guitar relies on resonance yes the more the wood is going to change it so like a solid body guitar like a strat you might even be able to argue that that a les paul because it's mahogany body with the maple cap relies more on resonance than a strat uh, and then you know you get into your semi hollow body. I'm, sh- I'm shrugging. Hollow body. You guys can't see, but I'm like shrugging, like I don't know. Yeah. Um, Who knows? And again, this is one of those. What scenes. do you think, producer Gary? He's shrugging too. Yeah. Well, he's and he's made up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this is also possibly a terrible question to ask Ryan and I because we might not be the most. No, there are people who listeners. super care about this. Uh, Eric Johnson, you know, who nuances every ounce of Tony can get. Uh-huh. might have a better answer. Yeah. There are a lot of guys who claim they can hear the differences between things. Um I'm not I I'm I would say that I would be people. I'm someone who, I I could feel the difference between guitars as far as the weight and how it resonates. Yeah. I could tell you that there's something different between two guitars by the feel. If you plug them in as long as they have similar pickups, I have a feeling they're going to sound very similar. Sure, sure. You're not going to get a huge return on your investment buying 
a guitar that's made with a very expensive tone wood versus a a more available wood that's of a similar density yeah. Yeah. or of a similar kind. And you know, back so back when I got my Jagstang, uh-huh. uh, there was a lot of talk about the also the HSS Strats, which was like the ultimate Stratocaster, the HSS. Right. Like you can play anything with this, and people would say, "Oh, humbuckers sound terrible. Like they sound thin." And fenders because the body shape is like the body's not big enough or whatever. Sure. Not like a Les Paul, which has a thicker body. And I kind of experienced that a bit with the Jagsing where well, the Jagsing is such a weird guitar. It's a weird guitar where I just thought the humbucker in this guitar doesn't sound good. Now I'm not I'm not a big fan of the humbucker sound in general, uh-huh. but what I found was that at some point like I broke the mount. I broke the broke the mount and 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 the switch, so I replaced the humbucker, which may or may not have been bad. Right. But I went ahead and replaced it with a Seymour Duncan JB, and all of a sudden, like I thought, hey, I I still don't love humbucker tone, but I can use this tone. Right. And it was like a real like it was a much more uh, full aggressive tone. Sure. I really think that the the '90s and early 2000s. But mostly really 90s like strats with humbuckers sound like crap is because Fender was making crappy humbuckers. Yeah, because their pickups sounded bad. It wasn't because of the yeah. body of the guitar yeah. or the or the neck or anything like that. And everything I've heard about like the atomic humbuckers that they started making maybe around 2004 or so uh-huh. is much more positive. Right. Like I hear a lot of more a lot more good things about it than bad things. Whereas yeah. the the humbuckers that were on these like HSS Mexican strats were almost always seemed oh. like they got a lot not always, but at least they got a lot more negative than positive. I'm a big fan of Mexican strats uh because I like to mod things and I like to build things around them. Uh I am not a fan of Mexican pickups. The pickups that come in Mexican strats. I that's like the first no, thing I get I've, rid of. I've they're, they're I can't usually deal with bright the, and they're like sterile. Yeah, I can deal with the neck pickup okay on them, but the bridge is just garbage. To yeah, me. Uh, that's now, the first thing. Again, that's kind of a '90s thing, and they have new pickups in them now, and I don't. They might, might be, be better. All right, second topic. Um, this one is from uh, Richard Kyle Jones. Richard Kyle Jones wrote us. You can write us too. Yeah, and uh, he wants to know what we think about Taylor electric guitars. Uh, yeah, it was a very open question. He was like, hey, what do you think about Taylor electric guitars? Do you yeah. think they should be doing this? Uh, and my immediate answer was nope. I've, you know, so I've never played one. Uh huh. I've known some guys who. In the worship circuit, like the T5, yeah, uh, which has like a lipstick pickup in the neck position and no pickup in the bridge. It's not even in the neck. It's almost like in the. Yeah. It's actually in a pickup position that you would really like. Right. It's like not quite neck and not quite middle. It's kind of in this no man's land. Yeah. Um. So it's got a single pickup and then it's got like an acoustic, like Pizio or something in the bridge. I think. And then they made a deluxe version that had like two lipstick pickups uh-huh. those These, are those are really popular in the worship circles for a while but i don't really ever see them anymore yeah you don't see a lot of people playing them and he, here's where i come from i'm an electric guitar player's guitar player sort of right thing. i i don't play acoustic very often i when when i play acoustic i'm thinking about electric <laughs> i mean don't tell my acoustic that's just you know what i have to do uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
the Taylor electric guitars are very unique and I think they're designed very well uh, but they're not for electric guitar players they're electric guitars for people who play acoustic guitar predominantly like this is like the equivalent like if I bought a guitar that was electric but was set up to make acoustic sounds right this is a guitar made to f- make acoustic players feel comfortable with an electric guitar and you know they're very, they're high end instruments or they cost a lot of money i think they're uh, they're over a thousand they're I over think. a thousand i think they're mid thousands into the 2000s depending on what model you get and they have a lot of cool features they have piezo bridges they yeah. have these very uh specific pickups that i'm sure uh bob taylor oversaw the design of them uh they're pretty they look like uh, acoustic guitars turned electric guitars. I think they have models now that are more electric. Yeah, they've got like the full solid body guitars that are more of a yeah, like a more. It almost reminds me of like the Gibson. I want to say it's the L five electrics. They're, they're sure. kind of like a rounder, less like a mo- body. yeah, like more full body. Yeah, uh, they're just not attractive to someone like me. I get you know if they're selling well for them, then good for Taylor, and they should. <laughs> probably keep making them because that's just business sure i don't i look at them and i don't see a use for them in my life yeah they're uh it's one of those things where it's interesting to see a predominantly acoustic guitar manufacturer come out with a line of like higher end electric guitars um i actually can't think of any other at least any major brands that have done that recently i know martin had some stuff innovation had some stuff like back in the 80s yeah, um, but I I think Martin did. I know Ovation did. Well, Gibson started doing uh, it in the nineteen forties. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they've made a okay. they've made acoustic instruments forever. Yeah, yeah. Gibson only made acoustic guitars from like uh, eighteen ninety four to like uh, <laughs> to now to like nineteen. 19- 40 whenever they came out with the first ES models. They were around, I think, longer than that. I think they were around for over 100 years before they started making electrics. Really? I think so. I think... I, I We'll have to look it up. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They've been around forever. Yeah, you know, but they were hitting a market that wasn't at least... I won't. I don't want to say the electric guitar market is saturated, but it's pretty darn close. Oh, yeah. And uh, so if Taylor's selling them, because some people just love Taylor's and they want to have Taylor guitars. They're, they're Taylor fanboys who will buy yeah, whatever and, they can afford from Taylor. And, you know, some people love Taylor acoustics. Some people hate them. I'm, I've am i got a Taylor big baby that I bought for yeah. $200 because I'm a Craigslist master. I've got a little baby that I paid more for because yeah, I bought it as a that. gift and it was Hey, was I bought available. mine as a gift too. Yeah, but there wasn't a little baby available for two hundred. When I was when I was looking for the gift, and there yeah, was there's true. an expiration date on birthdays. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I just bought it. mine for. I think I just bought mine for Melissa at random. Uh huh. I could be wrong, yeah. but I figured one of these days, I'm there's a good chance I'm going to marry this person, so I'm going to get this right, guitar right. back anyway. Here, here's my t- general take on on Taylor. I really like the way their guitars feel. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the the whole thing with Taylor has always been that they make an acoustic guitar that feels and plays more like an electric guitar. Yeah. It feels more uh, uh, higher performance. It yeah, feels I like a, feel a higher performance true. acoustic guitar. I always feel like their necks are really slim and really fast. Yeah. But I a lot of their guitars that I've played, 
the the tone is very bright, which yeah. is which is the plus for some people. I prefer an acoustic tone that's closer to like what a Martin does. Right. But I don't enjoy playing Martins because of their feel. So it's like I'm in this no man's land. I probably would like a Takamini or something yeah. like that. But I don't play acoustic that much. So who cares? Get a Larave. Yeah, oh, I'm never going to spend that kind of money on a, <laughs> on an acoustic guitar. Oh well, yeah, I was going to say you can get a Larave for like 900 bucks, but. I am, like I said, I've got two acoustic guitars right now that I haven't played in years. Right. And they're bi- they're both fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I think this uh, topic... Boom, we, roasted. Boom. All right. Uh, last topic was sent from uh, one of our actual people that we know in real life. Real life friend uh, of real life Ryan and Steve. Also a new friend of the show. He just jumped on the group. Yeah, uh, so this is... Uh, Davy, David Lee. David Lee. Davy Lee. Nobody doesn't like Davy Lee. Yeah. Every time people <laughs> say Davy, date call him Davy, I just think of Davy and Goliath. Uh-huh. From SNL. Right. The whole Well, that was a spoof well, of a real show called Davy and Goliath. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, he wants us to talk about analog versus digital pedals. Yeah, it was kind of a general uh wide question. He wants to know what we think about digital modeling versus analog like steve said and uh i have experience with this i've owned multiple digital units i had my first pedal was a uh a zoom 2100 which was a cheap kind of multi-effects unit in the late 90s uh i had a pod xt for a long run that i was actually a big fan of uh i sold that i have a line 6 m5 right now that i'm trying to sell because I realized I don't need it. But I also have a lot of analog uh, pedals that aren't digital uh, <laughs> at all. That's, that's kind of a given. Yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of the definition. Uh, here, here's, here's my short take on digital modeling. When you get a multi-effects unit, it's a Swiss Army knife. The vast majority of them. I, I, I realize that there's premium ones now, like the Axe FX and things right. like that, that are a lot closer to sounding legit, or like sounding uh, like the real thing. Uh, but the vast majority of them, they're Swiss Army knives. You get two kinds of knives. You get a, you get a screwdriver, you get another screwdriver, you get tweezers, you get a corkscrew. You get a barely you, usable you get, corkscrew. You get a compass that doesn't work either. You get a file... You get a saw blade in there. You get all sorts of stuff in there, but none of them are quite as good as if you just had that specific right. tool. But you get all of them, so you get to try them. Uh, and, you know, who's to say that you're not going to find your signature sound in one of these things? Yeah, yeah. You know, you could. I think I think the thing we need to be looking for in digital is the point where there's a... Uh, what's it called in science fiction... Oh, like Uncanny Valley? No. Uh, the Oh, man, I can't find the word in my head. The singularity. The singularity. When we hit the singularity for... What's the singularity? For digital what modeling. What does this mean? It's when, uh, in science fiction, I think it's when uh, machines achieve AI. Oh, okay. Auto, uh, I don't know. Artificial intelligence. Uh, for for digital modeling, when the singularity is going to be when you can only make a tone with a digital modeler right and that becomes a tone that is sought after okay yeah, yeah. no for i I, dig, I can definitely dig that because right now the that you know the vast majority of what digital modelers do is uh, as you know they model things that exist outside of digital modeling they right. they model 
analog delays and and they model different amps and overdrives and whatever you want they do it all sure uh that i think that digital modelers are great learning tools for people who want to explore uh new sounds and things that they don't have access to or things that they don't want to spend a lot of money on you, you want to know what all kinds of different delays are like get a pod you know you're going to sure. get to explore kinds of delays uh analog pedals are great analog pedals are the uh the real deal it's uh you know it's hard to argue with them outside of the price and the amount of space that they take up i mean you you get a digital modeler it's going to take up a certain amount of space on your board or your rig uh that would could be filled by maybe two or three pedals right right well you know at the same time there are a lot of like digital single pedals there are now like all of the line six tone core stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, and there's, I, there's I, pedals. I keep looking down at your board and, you know, you've got the, the DD3 on there. I've got a digital is, uh, delay. And there, that's and, a difference in sound. A, a digital delay is going to be really clear. Yeah. It's where an analog brighter. delay is going to sound like you're getting an echo in a cavern or something yeah. like that. And uh, so for me, one, I'm not a modeling. So digital, like a digital delay is not what I would consider a modeler. Right. Um, it's not. It's doing, it's one function. And it's, you know, there are a lot of what people would consider analog components in there. Right. But the, the component that re- does the repeats yeah. is digital. The actual timing and everything is done digitally. Right. Um, on the other hand, like you've, you've got the Fender FRV or the Boss FRV1, yeah. the Fender Reverb. That's, that's, Sam, that's a modeler. DSP. Um, so... So my kind of take is is multi. So as far as digital multi effects go, uh, I can't get into them because I'm lazy. <laughs> it takes uh, some work. It takes some homework. I with mean, them. I had so j- just to put this in perspective to listeners, uh, a really popular pedal for years, and it's gone up and down. It's, I think it's maybe kind of down right now, but I know when I was like five, ten years ago. Uh, one of the really big drives before the this boutique craze was like uh-huh. in full full bore like it is right now was the Visual Sound Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I know a lot of guys who love this pedal, and I tried really hard and I found uses for it. Is it a modeler? It is not a modeler. It's an analog. Okay. Tube. It's a tube screamer on one side. It's a Marshall. Governor or Shredmaster, one sure. of those two on the other side, and so this is a anal- dual analog pedal, but it's a four knob tube screamer with a switch with like a bass boost or something on it, uh-huh. or with a, I think a, a mid hump switch, and then the distortion side was like five knobs. I have trouble with anything with more than three knobs, and what actually knocked the Jekyll and Hyde off my board was that I got a basic. Tube Screamer clone, three knobs. I plugged it in. I dialed it in. I had, I had the Jekyll and Hyde for like a couple years and never felt like I dialed in a tone I really loved. Right. I got this I, Ibanez Tube Screamer clone, dialed in a fantastic tone in like five minutes. Yeah. And it was like, see you later. Same thing with my rat. Like my rat basically became my go-to distortion because I plugged it in and I dialed in a tone that I liked in like uh-huh. five minutes. So modelers no matter how good it is i mean you know 
uh, the Axe FX is supposed to be really great. Yeah. Eleven Rack is supposed to be really great. Uh-huh. I've heard a lot of interesting things about like the Kemper Profiler amps. Yep. But I realize I'm kind of diverging into more amps and effects. Um, but uh, I just like I don't want to process menus and I don't want to process like having right. to get into like subroutines to turn knobs. And so even for these like expensive single-ish effects like Strymon's uh-huh. uh, Timeline or Strymon's Big Sky, like these big, fancy, expensive delays DSP and reverbs, which, I mean, I've heard them live. They sound they yeah. sound great. They're that they're but, the direction that higher end DSP is yeah. going in. Uh, there, it's just not something that I want to get into. Yeah, like it's just not. Well, you would you would probably use a Strymon because there's no screen there. Well, you, the, for the for the the big delay the, has it. The big the timeline does. The, yeah. The I think it's the Brigadier is the small sure. delay or the L cap. I might but, be more interested in the L cap. Yeah, I'm you not, would, you I'm, would like their single pedals yeah, where it's, it's like gonna, three or four knobs and a few switches. Yeah, I'm not going to drop two hundred and fifty bucks on one of those things. No, me neither. But like I run a DD five and a DD seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a lot of people find the DD5 to be ice picky, which is actually what I like about it. Yep. And I think those are the only digital pedals I, I have on my board, actually, which is, I thought I had some other ones, but I may have gotten rid of them. Um, one thing, so this is a little off topic, but it's in the realm. Okay. There are three major types of guitar amplifier. Okay. Wait a second. There on, is man. the tube amplifier. Okay. There is the solid state amplifier. All right. There is the digital modeling amplifier. All right. Where are you going with this? I hate, 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 hate. He hates it. Hate when I go on a forum uh-huh. and someone says, What is your favorite solid state amp? And people start listening a bunch of digital oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, solid, you know, in, so, a, in a way, the digital stuff, it has solid state guts, but then it has DSP. Right, right. Uh, and, like and, a preamp. Before. Yeah, and so that's my that's my deal. It's like, sure. so tube is analog. Uh-huh. Solid state is analog preamp, analog power section. Right. Digital is a digital preamp and... And solid state power section, unless it's like Line Six Spider Tube, right? Digital preamp, tube power section. So, um, you know, we we make sure we always make sure that we delineate like, oh, the Marshall AVT, the Advanced Valve State Series, uh-huh. that's a hybrid amp because it's got one tube in the preamp, so it's sort of a tube preamp, right? But it's solid state, so it's not really tube, but we, you know. There's people don't know enough about solid state. Now I'm a high end solid state snob. Right, we've talked about this in the uh, past. We, we've talked about this. Uh, so this is just this is something that start educating your friends. Right. This starts today. Please Be- don't let your friends call digital modeling amps solid state. Yeah, th- just just learn the difference and understand that sure. you know that this is, there's a different technology at play. Yeah. I got to try the new uh, Line Six amps the other day at Guitar Center. The the ones that look like a like futuristic Vox amps. The ones that look like the ones that are like you control with the iPhone? Yeah. How was it? Uh it was you know all here here's what I'll say. I, I saw them in Guitar Center 
I thought, oh, I'll go to sit down and I'll try that. This is an amp that just came out. They announced it at NAMM. Uh, you control it with your iPhone. Like, you dial all your settings in Yeah, with I don't the even remember what it's called. Uh, the display, uh, they should have worked out some sort of thing where you have an iPhone or an iPad at the display right. and you get to mess around with stuff. Instead, there's there's a button on the top where you can scroll through, like, four favorite uh. settings on the amp so that if you don't have your iPhone out, you can be like, well, these are my favorite settings and I can use it. Right. Uh, a but, big thing about these amps that they were pushing is that there's a unique speaker setup. Like there's five speakers in the box, huh. like a big speaker and then a couple tweeters and then okay. a couple little guys. And it's supposed to be like more surround soundy, right. uh, which, you know, how does that work if you're on a stage? Like where does the stage tech put the mic on this thing <laughs> is, is my question. You need five mics. But I, you know, I was, I sat down and I was hoping that it would kind of blow me away and kind of impress me. It didn't sound any different than a spider to me. Right. Because of, probably because of the presets that they had on there. That's always tough. The Line 6, I mean, all modeling amps, the presets blow. Yeah. I've never played a modeling app where I played a preset and went, oh, I like this. I Maybe, maybe I played one where I thought, okay, I can work with this. Yeah. I can subtract a bunch of things and make it sound good i'm sure that if if i had put in the energy i could have sat there and made it sync up to my phone i don't know if there's some sort of code you need to do that you can probably just do it really easy through well you think i don't know you'd think they would they would make it so that not anyone can just sync up with the amp (laughs) because then if you're playing a show someone in the audience could be like i'm gonna sync with that amp and i'm gonna change their settings because i think i could fix their tone or ruin their tone yeah Maybe know. once it has a Bluetooth link established, like it stays with that Bluetooth sure. link. Sure. Well, I mean, there's probably a button on there you have to hold it at the to same like time when you sync it or something. Yeah. Uh, I could probably could have figured that out and g- downloaded the app to mess around with it, but I'm not going to do that in Guitar Center. Yeah. I, yeah. If if I'm going to be sold on one of these amps, it's going to be because someone I know has one and they show me all the cool stuff they do with it. And from what I tell from these things, they're not meant to be gigged anyways. They seem like they're strictly home amps. Yeah, they're kind of weird. And I think for me, if I wanted to do something like this, I just get... I mean, they do look really classy. That's nice. Yeah. But what's the difference between that and just getting like a jaw box and using your amp, you know, whatever. Yeah. Amp sim, like download Amplitube or whatever on sure. your phone. And you're doing the same thing. Like yeah. you can probably achieve the same thing. It's not as, you know, it doesn't have the big speaker, but if you're playing in your house, who cares? Kudos on the new aesthetic, though, Line 6. Yeah. If you're listening Line 6, I like the look. Uh, run with that. Try to look less like Vox next yeah. time. Though. Hey, you know, if uh, if you're on li- at Line 6 and you're listening to this yeah. and you want to purchase uh, a few, like maybe like a month's worth of episode advertisement. Oh, well, we will. Uh, just sing your praises. Send us an email to 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com and we'll work out some kind of deal. Yeah, work something out. We'll, like, we'll do a review every week. Yeah, we'll, we can I'll do talk about simple. all the cool new settings I'm finding. Yeah, send us some. We'll, Steve won't. We can work something Steve's out. too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true. Yeah. Let's call this the end of the episode. Hey. Uh, do we want to play a song? At, um, do we as have an a song? Uh, maybe we'll get a song from the guy who posted his band. What was his name? Oh, Isaac. 
we'll post one of Isaac's songs. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll contact you, Isaac, and get it, it might get yeah, you to send us we'll a download. See what we can get. I've got some of his older stuff, but nothing. Okay. More, so. We'll tack one of his songs on the end of the episode here, and uh, we'll tell you the information when we post the episode. For sure. This has been. We've made it to episode seven, Steve. Can you believe it? Hey. It's like we're veteran podcasters Ooh. now. Can I? I can't believe we're not millionaires from doing this already. I know, right? <laughs> well, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your mom and your dad we were, that yeah, we're super rad. Super rad.